Ron and Anian. I always look to see where the gas station's tanks are, you know? Are they at the low end of the lot? The tanker would show up and the guy would just pull the cork. But yeah, it's a little bit of water. What harm is it going to do? <laughs> you know, now imagine, you know, that in, in a modern-day car. Car doctor. When it gets up to 195 degrees on the average engine, the computer says, hey, it's hot enough. I'm going to cut back on fuel trim. I'm going to take off the electric choke, if we can say it like that. All right? And that'll generate some right. fan mail. All right, everybody will go, what electric <laughs> choke? Right? You, know. you know, if I don't annoy somebody once a week, at least I know I'm not doing my job. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. Again, 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions, whatever they might be. Cardoctorshow.com is the place to go out on the web. Cardoctorshow.com. Of course, you can get to the podcast, which is there via Spreaker.com. But go to Cardoctorshow.com. Click on the link. It'll take you over to Spreaker, and you can uh, download this and do what you want to your heart's content. But if you want to talk to me, 855-560-9900. This hour and always is the best way to go. Keep in mind that we are live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time. But regardless, if you are listening on an affiliate that takes delayed broadcasts, um, out of the 80-some-odd affiliates, half of them are uh, delayed broadcast or other times, you can um, you can call in during Saturday, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time without uh, having to hear the show. Um, you know, it's kind of like that scene, what was that, what was that movie, City Slickers? Who remembers City Slickers, right, with Billy Crystal? And um, I can't think of the other actor's name, and they're riding the horses. Uh, what was the other you're actor's talking, You're talking the tough guy who played the cowboy. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Judge Reinhold, right? Okay, yep, and, yep. And Billy Crystal and Judge Reinhold, or, 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 or was it Judge or Judd? Judge. Judge. Judge, Judge, Judge. And they're riding along, and um, they're, it's, it's towards the end of the movie, and they're talking about how... Uh, you know, Billy Crystal's trying to explain it to him, and he says, well, you know, I had a problem like that, too, but it's normal with age. And it sort of sounded like they were talking about something else, and and they were actually talking about programming the, the VCR, because this was an old movie, right, with the, with the videotape. And then Judge Reinhold asked Billy Crystal, but, you know, but... If the TV's not on, how can you be recording a show? And Billy Crystal comes back to him with an answer, and um, uh, finally Judge Reinhold says... How do you set the clock? And that's when um, uh, 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 Bruno Kirby, right? Bruno Kirby, great actor, another great actor, gone too soon, uh, chases after the two of them and said, you guys are driving me nuts. The cows could do this by now. That's what this radio show is sort of like. You don't have to hear us to be able to talk to us, okay? 855-560-9900. You wonder where I was going with that one, didn't you, Mikey? So, but um, how did I get City Slickers into the mix? So, great movie. I might have to go watch that. That movie's, that movie's I think, I, I saw it. A couple of years ago, I think that movie's 25 years old now. Um, uh, great movie, and uh, who, who doesn't oh, love... Great movie, though. Oh, yeah. my. Who doesn't love Billy Crystal? Sometimes you just got to bring in the herd. So, And that's what we try to do each and every week here on The Car Doctor. We try to bring in the herd and get you the best in automotive repair information. Um, I want to talk to you about this Volkswagen. No, come on, I'm not going to beat him up. I, and I guess this scenario could apply to, to just about any car 
it seems of late. I think that I think the price of technology has is at the tipping point where it's pushing people to not fix the car. And I I received a letter this week and I don't have it right in front of me and I apologize, but I remember the gist of it is it was a caller, he was he was positive and listen, I'll take negative criticism too. Positive criticism, negative criticism. I'll take I'll take, you know, I'm doing something wrong. I'll listen to what you've got to say. He, he wanted to point out that, you know, when I say spend six thousand dollars on the new car or the used car is sometimes better than spending thirty on, on a new one. You know, he made some valid points with regard to um, the moment. And I just want to also say, though, that it really depends on the condition of the car. There are some cars that are worth spending $6,000 on to shape them up. There are some cars that I wouldn't spend six cents on for the match to set them on fire. Not that I'm suggesting we do that. Uh, you know, there are just some cars that are beaten, tired, and, you know, it's like being a cowboy. City Slickers, uh, you know, Segway. Again, it's you know it's road hard, put away wet. You want to shoot it. It's it's done. It's it's over, and you're just you're just you're just peddling good money after bad. This 2012 Volkswagen Jetta came into the shop, and it's been sort of well maintained. It's overdue for its 90,000 mile service. Customer hasn't done it yet. That was his choice. We pointed it out a couple of times. It's got 133,000 miles on it. Which look how well the car is made, right? We we didn't do the maintenance, and yet it still went another 40,000 miles. Check engine lights on. It's got two fault codes. It's got an intermittent turbocharger wastegate boost valve fault, all right, which is likely the, the, the wastegate sensor itself, which I think is like 100 bucks. And it also had a fault for, um, if I recall correctly, EVAP. The LDP, the leak detection pump for the EVAP system, had a short to power. And, I, I, you know, ballpark, he asked, I said, I, you know, I, I think it's a $75, $80 part. It's, you know, not a lot of dough. But I guess it's time for me to buy a new car. And I, and I know why, because the next words out of his mouth were, you know, my wife wants to get a new car, and, you know, maybe it's time, and the other car is four years old. And a lot of factors come into it. You know, he, he's got kids going into college in three years, and he wants to get the new car now to get the payment out of the way before the kids are in college, knowing what's, you know, because college is the next, college is worse than buying a new car. Who would ever thought we'd see the day when buying a new car was cheaper than going to college? Okay, I, I can't say that I ever thought that would happen. But the check engine light, is it an indication of it's time to replace the vehicle? I don't think so, but a lot of people are taking it as such. You know, one of the mistakes we make is we don't budget for auto repair. We budget for everything else, okay? And it's still too often said, I can't wait to get rid of my car payments, and then my car won't cost me anything. Whew. Think about that one, all right? That's right up there with the news reporter. They were, we were watching the clip before the show today about the news reporter that, that started talking about um, that she was reporting on an accident scene, I think somewhere out in California, West Coast, and she made the comment that as a result of the accident, we tried to reach the man who died, but he was unavailable for comment. Swear to God, it's, it's, I saw the video. There it is. So you know, hopefully she has a job come Monday morning. But you know, the logic of that is right up there with, I don't want to spend any money on a car, so I'm going to pay it off, and then I have no more, you know, my car doesn't cost me anything else. I get it that technology is, is, it costs a lot. 
You know, you, you think about it, right? In the interest of clean air, what we've added to an automobile. And what boggles my mind even more is, you know, the push now for electric vehicles. Recent article, Paul Eisenstein, uh, we're going to talk about it this hour, um, wrote a great article. It's out on uh, NBCNews.com right now, talking about how some states are charging extra for drivers who buy electric vehicles. And it, it talks about Colorado and Wyoming are charging $50 a year. California added 100 and added 100 And Illinois has recently tried to introduce a flat fee of $1,000 for owners of electric vehicles. So let me get this right. According to our politicians, we want to make a push towards electric vehicles. But in the interim of coming up with a solution of electric vehicles that use the roads but don't pay the gasoline tax, we're now going to charge flat fees of either on an annual basis or on a purchase point basis, and we're going to tax us on that end. So... You know, how do we come up with a reasonable alternative? Where are we, where are we going here? Um, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I don't know, $50 a year. I think I pay more than $50 a year for gas tax. You know, I mean, what are we paying? Six cents. A, if your car goes through 1,000 gallons, it's six cents a gallon. How many gallons is that, Mikey? You're young. You do the math. Um, Paul Eisenstein's article uh, talks about how federal tax credits – can be up to $7,500, depending upon the vehicle, help offset the penalty. But analysts say that, you know, even though that's contributed to surge in demand for products like Tesla, um, since they've hit the critical sales threshold, the California car makers incentives were cut to $3,750 last year. And that's the other thing. And the gentleman that I was speaking of before that sent in the letter, he talked about Tesla, and he's a fan of electric cars, but not necessarily Tesla. I think the electric car thing has been misconstrued. Unfortunately, it's in the hands of people that are trying to make profit, not save the planet, necessarily. And maybe that's a harsh statement, but I just think there's a better way to do things um, than, than what we're actually doing. Because we, we haven't thought out the electric car problem, because it is, well enough, such that now we've got states imposing fines and regulations on purchase and cost to offset the loss of gas tax revenue. $50 a year is not a, is not enough of a gas tax revenue. It, it should be, you know, if the average driver goes 15,000 miles a year and the car gets 20 miles to the gallon, do the math. It's not 50 bucks. I don't. I pay way more than $50 a, a year in, in gas tax, and I, I, I just don't see it. So a um, great article by Paul, Paul Eisenstein, but mark my words, technology is overtaking us, and... I think they're going to rename the check engine light. It must be time to, to sell, and, and, and what color do I want? 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Little GTO, you really look at Three deuces and a four-speed. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Let's get over and talk to Frank in Minnesota. Frank, how can I help? Hi. Uh, just a general question for you, Ron. Um, I've got a 98 Chevy three-quarter ton pickup 4L80E tranny in that thing, and I know there was an earlier call on transmissions. And, uh, you know, I just did this this week where I drained the oil and changed the filter, topped it back off with five quarts. 
And, you know, I was, and I got 195,000 on the vehicle and I've talked to a couple mechanics about this and uh, no one, of course, really knows, but, you know, they said, if you have not been flushing, let's say every 50, 60,000, it may not, 50, 60,000, it may not be a good idea to do that because you may have enough sediment buildup around the seals and stuff that if you flush this, uh, you know, you may end up with a leak. And, of course, nobody really knows. So, you know, I did what I always do every 30,000 miles is I drain, I change the filter, and I top it off with five quarts. And I guess I was just looking for your opinion on that, whether a flush would have been better to do now and then, you know, again, drop the pan, change the filter, and go on from there. First of all, I think I think 50, 60,000 mile trans flushes are probably too long if we absolutely want to eliminate any varnish. The idea is that, you know, a transmission, an automatic transmission operates on principles of hydraulics with openings smaller than the eye of a needle. So we're, we're talking about absolutely, positively, 100% clean fluid, no grit, no contaminant, no, no, no specs. So that being said, you know, if we're trying to keep it 100%, you know, listen, I know someone who owns a trans shop. He does a fluid drop every 20,000 miles, and he'll run the transmission to 500,000, all right? Uh, you know, he, because sure. he's, you know, he's a big believer in fluids. And he said, you know, I, I change it every 20 to 25 before it has the ability to break down. When it breaks down, when it gets hot, that's when it starts to bake and that's when it starts to have its issues. So that being said, if you're changing the fluid every 30, I think that's great maintenance. I think that's probably why you've got 200,000 miles out of that trans and there's probably more in it. All right. Uh, you know, would I do yep. a would I do a flush? I don't like the word flush. I like the word exchange. And sure. you know, there's there's different machines out there. There are machines out there that hook into the cooler lines. There's some that increase pressure. We actually use a machine that goes down the dipstick tube. It can we can do it via the cooler lines. I don't uh, say we might have done one, and I wasn't thrilled with the hookup and the amount of time it took, and I didn't see the point as far as uh, cost to do it again. But with regard to the way we normally do it, it's a line down the dipstick tube, and it's a one-for-one -one exchange over time. Now, if I've got an older, higher mileage unit and I can get to the dipstick tube, it does have a, a dipstick, what I'll do is I'll offer the customer the option. I'll say, listen, let's do the five, six quarts first. Let's kind of get, you know, the, the grit out of the pan. Let's get, you know, some of the worst contaminant we can. And then let's put in, you know, five quarts is on a 12-quart system is a little less than half of what the unit holds. And then bring, right. it, bring it back and three or four or 5,000 miles, whatever their driving habits are, maybe the next oil change. Then you want to do a flush? We'll do a flush or we'll do an exchange. See, I use the word too. Um, you know, we'll do okay. an exchange. And then it's sort of a... You know, it's kind of like weaning yourself off nicotine. It's a, you know, it's 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 a slow, gradual process that that you know it doesn't, uh, um, it, you know, it, it's not a shock to the system. Um, okay. So let me ask you a question. You're in Minnesota, right? I am. How many miles a year do you think you go? Oh, not uh, we got a three different vehicles. So this truck maybe sees ten thousand a year, maybe. Okay. Do you think you, with this, this is the this is the work truck? You right. know, this is you can throw the shovels and the rakes in the back, and you don't care about anything getting scratched right. up. Right. And, oh uh, yeah, no, no, does no. Does it get any hard usage? 
No. Yeah, that's well. That's not why I'm asking. You think your family goes fifteen thousand miles a year with with between all three cars? Oh, certainly, uh, okay. probably twenty to twenty-five. So, do you know yeah. you guys have some of the highest gas tax in the country? Well, of course. Yeah, it's Minnesota. It's Minnesota. I looked it up. You guys yeah. have your. I think you're twenty-eight cents state and eighteen cents federal. You're forty-three cents a gallon gasoline excise yep. tax. So, yep. and they wanted to raise it another twenty this past legislative session, but uh, the Republicans managed to shut that down. But they wanted the new governor wanted to raise another twenty. So there you go. So, so at forty three cents a gallon and fifteen thousand miles a year, you're paying on average three hundred sixty eight dollars a year in gasoline tax. So the article I was reading tells me. How does how do they come up with charging the owner of the electric vehicle fifty dollars a year and saying that's enough? <laughs> right, because it feels good to them. Well, you know, and then we're giving away a seventy five hundred dollar rebate to the owner of the electric vehicle at the federal government level, and who's who's. You know, I don't want to get political, but geez, you know, as a mechanic yeah. and running a business, I've got to understand the numbers have to work, or I've got to close the doors. Um, sure. This is this sure. this is becoming like you know what is it Joseph Heller catch twenty two, um, but in uh, any event, Frank, I appreciate the call, you sir. You uh, keep changing your trans fluid the way you do it, and uh, I'm sure you'll get many more miles out of that vehicle. That's that's just crazy. Um, uh, but in any event, um, yeah, and keep in mind too, listeners, that you know there are some cases where we're not going to change trans fluid. There are some cases where, and it's a it's a matter of feel. If it's black and beat. And, you know, really worn out, there's, there's no vitality to the fluid, and you can feel it between your thumb and forefinger. You'll, uh, you'll know what, what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't want to change it, but in the end, I usually do like to change fluid as much as I can, simply because I, I know what to be aware of. I know what I'm looking for. When do I want to have the problem? Do I want to, you know, if the trans slips, and you always got to ask yourself that question, the what if. What if the trans did fail? Would you change it? Yes. Then go ahead, change the fluid. Maybe you'll get even longer life out of it. I'm Ron and the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the Car Doctor. Let's get over to Peter in Long Island. How did I know this was going to come up this week? I knew somebody would bring it up. Peter, what do you got? Hey, Ron, how you doing? Good, sir. So I was listening to your podcast last week, I think a couple days later, and I heard that caller call in about stiction. Right. I don't think he knew what, what it was. I guess he was thinking maybe it was for gasoline. And I said, oh, wait a minute. I dealt with this before. And he mentioned the word arc oil which was, it's, a, it's an additive for diesel. condition. Say, say it again? It's for diesel, isn't it? Cause diesel only. The yeah. stiction, you know, because I, 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 I hadn't, I couldn't recall the term. I, I can't remember if I knew the term and I'd forgotten it or I'd ever heard it. So I looked it up after the show and stiction is related to diesels and it's about stationary friction and overcoming um, sitting at rest to movement. But what what threw me was because you and I both heard the same call. I asked him. He was talking about his gasoline Ranger, I thought, um, or his Ford truck. I remember it being a, a gas powered Ford truck, and 
I, he, I, somehow we got on the subject of lifter tap, and the whole call went out of control. Yeah, I, I just I went. Huh? Yeah, I heard about the lifter tap, and I said, no, 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 that's it. So I ran to the phone to call and just to leave the message, and yeah. it's not yeah. has anything to do with gasoline. Yeah, I. You know, sometimes Peter, in in the course of trying to do a radio show, you listen to the questions and you're thinking, "What is he talking about?" Um, you know, and I, I, you know, I wonder. But um, yeah, I I get it and I appreciate it. I really do. I I honestly appreciate you guys the way you call in uh, for the help that everyone's given me over the years. But yeah, that's what stiction is. It's um, it applies mostly inside of injectors, correct? In the Huey injectors, anything because. Um the Huey injector was developed by, I think, Caterpillar, and then International picked it up in their truck engines, and also the 7.3, I think, the V8 for the... The Ford F- Power Stroke. The Ford Power Stroke, correct. Right. And right. later on, they switched to the 6-liter. I think, they don't think they called it the Power Stroke still, but either no, way, right. apparently it has something to do with because the fuel pressure is developed by oil pressure. Right, and and, and I th- and why do I think diesel fuel fuel injection pressure on some of those 800 pounds sticks in my head? Is that right, or higher? I think uh, for Huey, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I drive a common rail now. I have a Mercedes, and it can go as high as like 25,000. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, and they're even looking at higher. But the Apparently, if the oil's not changed enough or it's the wrong oil or it gets too hot because the hot oil is being pressed through that Huey injector to help develop fuel pressure, somehow the pintle gets stuck and then because it bleeds, of the buildup of deposits from, I think, because the heat and the pressure separates the oil. I'm, someone can probably call in and know better than I do. Now, is it, a phenomena, is it a phenomena that the injector will stick open when the engine is off or only while it's running? I, I think what happens, it happens mostly in cold weather from what I understand, is that I guess it develops slowly over time, and then they notice, started to notice when you start the engine in a cold morning that it won't hit on all eight cylinders right. until the truck warms up and the, everything starts flowing easier. Right. So then when that guy mentioned arc oil, I heard we dealt with the same thing where I worked a few years ago that uh, we were working on. It was for school buses, and they had a, a, a DT, uh, international DT engine was the same thing. So we just tried it to save. You say, like, let's do this first because injectors are expensive, and it takes some time and to do it right. Uh so it worked, and then I've watched the commercials. I said, "Yeah, it's a great, it, it's a product." I know you're not a. Uh, I don't think you're a fan of fuel additives or engine oil additives. I like I like certain ones. I like some of them. You know, you know what I don't like, Peter. I don't like, I don't like using a fuel additive um, to repair something. I like oh, I it. I like it for maintenance. For maintenance, All right. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. it's. I don't I don't agree with those. Let me pour this bottle of whatever into the gas tank, and it's get you know guaranteed to pass emissions and all those cockamamie things. To me, that's a bandaid on a broken leg. We're 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 altering something on a temporary basis, and we're defeating the purpose of the emission system. Listen, I live here too. My kids are going to live here. You know, I'm trying to keep the planet as clean as I can. But, you know, using a, a fuel system cleaner, like a Berryman fuel system cleaner, you hear me talk about that, carbon removal issues and, you know, cleaning up intake valves and things like that. Yeah, that all, I absolutely, um, absolutely I want to put a, a, an additive in the tank uh, because I know that's going to help make the engine run better. The additives that people are trying to put on in place of a repair, 
you know, the car's the car's got a dead cat and a misfire, and they want to put in a bottle of guaranteed to pass emissions in no, the gas tank. You know, well, that's that's yeah, that's not going to work. It's it's they're wasting their money and they're hurting the planet. So what's what's the point? Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I I I'm not sure if the gentleman last week was just a little confused because you're right. He was referencing a gasoline-powered engine, and that's what led me to believe, are we talking about something else? Because I knew stiction, something in me instinctively came out, I think, that I knew stiction didn't apply to gas, but I wasn't sure what it applied to. Uh, You know, that it was, are we talking about a lifter tap? Somehow we got on, I thought he was trying to explain the word sticky. Is what I thought. Oh, think. yeah, that's what I thought you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah led me led me to it, um, because as I recall, also the call kind of had some moments of, I don't know, it was a bad connection or yeah, that's uh, right. You know, his voice was breaking up or something, and we were getting kind of choppy there, and uh, you know that type of thing. So, but uh, hey, listen, um, thanks for thanks for helping clear it up. I appreciate it. Okay, look it up. You'll probably you'll probably research it more. You'll probably yeah, it's you know I'll way. probably research it. Stick it in the back of my head. If somebody calls me, guy. somebody calls me three years from now. I'll be ready, baby. So, um, but uh, listen, thanks, and say hello to everybody out there on Long Island. Okay. So we uh, we appreciate you guys. All right, sir. You're welcome. Take good care. Um, yeah, you never know. You never know when the car doctor might be uh, might be in your neighborhood. Let's pull over, take a pause, and then when we come back. We'll go talk to Debbie in Illinois. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. we the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's go over and talk to Debbie in Illinois. Debbie, welcome to the car doctor. Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What's going on? Um, I have a 2014 Hyundai Tucson okay. GLS. Right. Two liter. Right. Um, it, is, it has started using oil. It has 60,000 miles on it. And best we can tell, and we're starting to document it better, it's using about a quart every thousand miles. Ooh. We've been changing the oil um, every six thousand miles and using synthetic with a mobile one oil filter. Okay. Could it possibly be a PCV valve, or what would you suggest to diagnose it? There's no oil in the antifreeze, and there's no antifreeze in the oil. You got a pencil? Yes. Piece of paper? Yes. You're equipped. You ready? Here's the bulletin number. Ready. 18-edwardmichael-001. Okay. And there's probably, okay. a, there's probably a few versions of that, and that talks about, are you sitting down? How, okay. How the engine's under warranty, and they're going to replace the engine assembly for oil consumption issues, oil consumption and mechanical yep. noise issues. Okay, and that applies to the Tucson also? We saw something uh, on the Internet, but we, it wasn't the yeah, Tucson. To my, knowledge, to my knowledge, what I've seen, it's, it applies to all of the two liters. Um, it's it's also going to okay. be now. It's also going to be based on they're going to take they're going to look at the engine number. They're going to look at the vehicle VIN. They're going to look at the engine number, the build date at the plant. But I've yet to see a two liter Hyundai Kia, anything of that family orientation that hasn't been under warranty. The dealers have been replacing them left, right, and sideways. I've got a few customers that actually are in loaners right now. Um, I've got one fella in a loaner that he's last online at the dealership, and they are so backed up, he's not getting his car back for eight months, he was told. He will, he will be in a loaner until spring, um, which my answer okay. was I'd started, I'd started an Uber service and, uh, you know, run up the miles on their car. Why not? 
So uh, okay, so so we should probably just take it right to the dealer then. I would. I'd go talk to them and you know ask the questions. Hey, listen, tell, explain it to them the way you explain it to me. Listen, it's it's using oil. Um, you know they're gonna okay. they they might ask for proof of oil changes. Okay, uh-huh. and I'm sure you can provide some kind of receipts. I, I, I'm gonna guess and say you probably don't take it in for service to the dealer. They they probably haven't Correct. seen My it in a long time. It. Yeah. Okay, and that's okay. Listen, hey, you know what? It's your right. You're supposed to be able to service and maintain your car. As long as you're doing it properly, they can't penalize you for it. You know, it's still America okay. the last time I checked. Um, but yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, but they're going to there. And the reason I asked that is because if you said to me, yeah, I was at the dealer two months ago for an oil change. You know what? I'd be a little leery that this bulletin's applicable. But if the dealer hasn't seen the car in three or four years, chances are it is applicable because they just haven't, you know, they haven't had a chance to run the VIN, run the numbers. But I would take it to the dealer. Here's what the vehicle's doing. Um, you know, this is, I believe there's a bulletin out there for it. Give them that bulletin number. And, you know, is any of this applicable? We're going through oil and there's no external leaks. What's the story? And uh, I bet you you get an engine out of the deal. Okay. All right. So Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You need anything else? You know, if, if, if they can't, if they, if they snow you or you feel like you're not getting the right answer, send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. And I'll be glad to find that bulletin for you and email you a copy so you have it in your hand. Great. Right. Thank you so much, Ron. You're very welcome, Debbie. You you take good care. Yeah, there's something going on with Hyundais and Kias and Lions and Tigers and Bears on oh my that they're just not, I don't know, everybody's got an engine issue. Buy a car, get an engine. So Don in Vermont, 69 Chevy Corvette. Yes, sir, what's going on here? Uh, yes, this is a car vintage car which is in really very good condition engine's been redone um i've had the car since 1998 and i've always had 70 pounds of oil pressure on the mechanical gauge which is supplied by a small 16th inch plastic tube from the engine okay that's all original and it's always registered 70 pounds when i started it gradually goes back to 35 and I put it up for the winter, but I often start it a couple of times during the winter. Well, I started it this past March, and the oil pressure gauge was fine. Shut it off, didn't start it again till May. And when I restarted it, uh, the oil pressure gauge just sat there. Um, I let it warm up. It didn't seem to change. Somebody, of course, I panicked a little, so I put an oil pressure uh, tester on it, and the pressure was fine. Uh, somebody suggested I run a guitar string up through the tubing all the way to the gauge, which I did, but it didn't seem to make any difference. Okay. The problem is that gauge is a touchy gauge, and if you have to take that dash out, you have to be very careful because the little chrome squishy on brakes very, very easily. Right. And I, I wonder if anybody's got any, any suggestions for something to try before tearing the whole darn thing out. Is this a factory gauge, Don? Yes, it it was a gauge, original gauge, came with a car. Okay, I I don't remember, and I take it your word. I I I I have to confess, I don't remember '69 Vet being a mechanical gauge factory, but I guess they made them. Um, have you researched this as to the availability of a replacement gauge before you take it apart? Oh yeah, I can get a repro. I probably could get a second hand one, um, but it's the job of tearing it out. Okay, and replacing it that's. Uh, scaring me a little bit. I just wondered if there was any any suggestion of the you know, the guitar string thing. I I eased it up till I got about to the gauge but I didn't dare to push it and the gauge didn't move at all and I started hooked it back up and started it afterwards and it just sort of sits there dead. Um 
again, it's a job to take that out. Yeah, and I'm and I'm thinking about what would cause it to fail while sitting, and I'm and I'm you know I'm wondering you know is it is it that it's stuck? And I'm going to venture to guess that you already did this. You put a you tried a mechanical gauge, and you've obviously have oil pressure. Yep. I put a tester on the engine directly, and it went right up to 70 pounds, just like the original gauge used to. Right, right. Then, I, I mean, I've got to say, I think the gauge is broken. Um, the, you know, not that that's a, a, a great intelligent comment, but I, I think at that point of pushing the guitar string up, you know, wiggles, jiggles, I'd push into the gauge because what's the worst that's going to happen? The gauge is already, <laughs> the gauge is already broken. You can't break it anymore. Um, in, in that sense of the word. I don't know that the guitar string is going to uncover something or have enough oomph to to move the needle. I don't see why it would, but it's not the worst idea in the world. And then short of that, you, unfortunately, you're going to have to take it apart. Um, I, don't, I don't see any other way around it. I don't want to, you know, in my mind I'm going, I wonder if we ran some sort of, uh, light-duty solvent up through to the gauge, but I don't know any other way to get it there other than putting the solvent in the engine, and I don't want you to do that. Obviously, I'm worried about the engine more than the gauge, uh, you know, because I'm thinking the needle is stuck down low, and, and, and that's why. Um, you know, the only other thing, you know, would just shoot a burst of air up to it, but shop air, 120 PSI against the plastic line, you'd probably blow the line and make a mess out of the interior. So, um, Tread lightly, and uh, good luck to you. 855-560-9900. We're coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on in the car, Doctor. Let's go over to Don in Vermont. Don, you're back again, right? Tom, Tom called you. Is that you? Yes, I am. Yes, sir. So listen, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm saying, why does it have to be shop air? What if we got a, and I, again, this is, a, this is an off-the-cuff wild thought. What if we got a can of compressed air, like, you know, to dust keyboards on computers? Yeah, that's a that's a real low amount of air pressure. Found the plastic line at the back of the engine, took it off. You, I, I'd want you to try and drain as much oil out of it as you could, so we're not pushing against the oil up into the gauge. I'd like to have a clear shot at the gauge, if if you understand what I'm saying. And then, yes, can, can, can you seal that can of air to the nylon line with the nozzle tube and give it a, you know, that air that air will get up into the gauge, and if the gauge is sticking stuck you know, laying against some sediment or varnish, maybe it'll move it. I think that tube actually would fit very nicely. Right. About the same size. And, you know, obviously, and I want to just make sure I cover this with you because everybody knows how much I love classic cars. The danger here is, you know, are we going to break something and put oil on the inside of the car? I don't I don't see how we could. That's a very That's a very low amount of air pressure. I've never actually measured it, but it doesn't feel like, you know, it's nowhere near shop pressure. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of a gentle push. Uh, the worst that happens is you break a gauge that's already broken. Right? Yes. And, and, and then you've got to take it apart anyway. So put some rags up and around it. Make sure nothing goes anywhere else and uh, have at it. Let us know what happens. But I would try that. Get some, uh, get some air from a compressed air from a can. So try that. Don, good luck to you. Take care of that Corvette. Till the next time. Wow, what a day. 855-560-9900. Call us when you can. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Till the next time. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.